Welcome to Stress-Free IEP. You do not need to do it all alone. With your host, Francis Schefter, Principal of Schefter Law. You can get more details and catch prior episodes at www.schefterlaw.com. The Stress-Free IEP video podcast is also posted on YouTube and LinkedIn, and you can listen to episodes through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Now, here's the host of Stress-Free IEP, Francis Schefter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Today's special guest is Deepa Gossel. I got it right. (laughs) She's out in California, um, and her company is Learning Tree Coach. Yes. Um, And Deepa, you're an educational therapist, right? Yes, I am. So what's the difference? Like, what is educational therapy? Great question. Yeah. Um, how do I, ex- let me, let me take a minute to kind of explain this. Um, how we differ from a tutor per se is um, tutoring is a gr- the tutoring and educational therapy both have their place and tutoring is the reinforcement of concepts, helping with homework, helping kids get through what they're currently working on. Whereas educational therapy is a little more complicated and layered, um, we there's a couple components that we kind of work on. Um, one is remediation, and we work a lot with kids, um, and we primarily work with kids with learning differences or where we suspect more is going on. And what that involves is we will go back and read through their assessments if assessments have been done or do our own informal assessments to look at, well, where are the gaps in their learning? What are things that they missed along the way that we got to go back and fill in? Because otherwise, as we're moving forward, all we're doing is putting a Band-Aid on it and we're not solving what the underlying issue is. And so that's one of the aspects of it. Um, The second part is we do a lot of strategy building helping kids understand how to break things down, um, using um, tools that are going to work for them and their learning style to kind of achieve what they need to achieve and, and get towards a place where they, they feel like they're working towards some sort of mastery, right? Uh, then that, another part, which is really interesting, I think, is the whole term of educational therapist. There is this therapy side of what we do. We work a lot on the social emotional element that kids experience when they have a learning challenge um, in the scope of academics, right? Um, Actually, I I remember, and I know these statistics change, but I know that kids with ADHD are 32% more likely to have anxiety, um, 16% more likely to have depression, as well as kids with dyslexia. I think it's like 20% um, more likely to have anxiety as well as depression. Right. So we really want to kind of be there for them and help them understand, like, well, what's going on and what are you feeling and how can you be an advocate and understand your learning style? Right. So, yeah, no, yeah. and that's so awesome because it's true. I, you know, I say it all the time and even our, our ASD, our, our kids on the spectrum, you know, it's so often I see the diagnosis, you know, ASD, ADHD, mm-hmm. anxiety, and it's like all intertwined, um, which is pushing me more and more. I hate labels, you know? I've always yeah. hated labels to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody always says, well, the code doesn't matter. It doesn't drive services. But reality check. When somebody picks up an IEP and it says emotional disability, yeah, that triggers behavior issues in their head. 
Right. And they don't think of our kids with anxiety that internalize. Mm -hmm. Um, So I love, so how do you help kids? Like when you go with the kids with anxiety, what, like what techniques do you use? Cause I'm assuming you're not a therapist in the sense of like social work therapy. No, no. And again, like I said, it's within the scope of academics of like, okay, you have this homework assignment coming up, but what feelings is that bringing up inside of you? Being able to identify what they're feeling Um, being able to talk about why they're feeling the way they are, using a lot of things around growth mindset um, and and building their self-esteem and confidence. We also work a lot on helping them understand what their learning differences and making it normal. Like everybody learns differently. Our brains are wired differently and that's okay. And I think there is a huge uh, sigh of relief that kids will start to feel when we can just be open about it and talk about it. And so we work within the scope of academics, but we also work with other professionals where when it gets to a point where it's like, oh, this is kind of trickling into the family dynamics and it's getting even larger and we can help kind of bring in uh, more of a, a psychologist or therapist that can kind of work with us as a team to help address even like the larger issues that might be going on. That's so great. I love that that you talk about like bringing in people from the community because it's right. such an important thing. And that's like one of the reasons the show came, I started up with the show is because there are so many resources out there that parents don't always know. Yes. And yeah. everything intertwines and connects. And like, you know, like you said, like there might be deeper stuff and you might need a psychologist mm-hmm. or you might need somebody that can help teach a family how to communicate with each other because they've yeah. got bad communications. Absolutely. I mean, we've had so many families come in and they're just like, we just don't know where to look. We don't know where to go. And the resources are out there, but it is really overwhelming. It is where do you go? So to kind of have a point person to be like, hey, I really think that this is kind of what you need. And, and you brought up a great point too. Sometimes it's, it's helping with the family dynamics, like family counseling. Sometimes it's individual counseling, but if we can put the right supports in place, it's going to make such a difference in that child's life. Right. And knowing, knowing your limitations. Yeah. You know, like, and knowing like, it's okay. That's one of the things right now um, that I've been stressing or talking about more often is that it's okay to need help. Right. It's okay because, you know, like our society is like, do it all. We're Wonder Woman. We can do everything, (laughs) you know, we can run a firm. We can, you know, be the mom, cook dinner, be the perfect mom, bake cookies and like all this stuff. And it's like, you know what? I can't do it all. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, And that's such a good point because I even just think of my own kids where they're just like, well, I have to be in this sport. I have to be doing this. And it's like, no, you don't have to be doing it. You need to figure out what is it that makes you happy and what are you want to put your effort and, and practice into. And, and if you make mistakes along the way, that's okay. And and even to show that we as adults also make mistakes and calling it out, right. you know, is, is, is so important for them to see. Yeah. And I try to do that often with my kids also is like, you know what, <laughs> mom made a mistake. You know, I switched careers halfway <laughs> through. And well, I, not even halfway through, I was settled in my teaching career and switched it. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I also love showing the children when parents need help and explaining it to them. Right. Um, Because I found, you know, at least with my own children and some other children that, that when they know it's okay, like mom's still asking for help and she's a grown up, then it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's okay for me to. Yeah. Um, 
That's so, that's so awesome. And, and that's then, a good point. I think as parents too, it's like um, logical side of us kind of sees this like on the outside, but when it's your own child and you're in it, it's so hard to pull your head out and and just and and kind of see the bigger picture. And so it, it's it's just so helpful to kind of have this support group and this team to kind of be like, okay, this is this is what's going on. Let's take a step back. Right. Because um, and that's part of the ed therapy, too. It's it's not just helping the student. We're also stepping in and helping the families. It's just such a collaborative effort of what we do here. Yeah. And I, I say that often with, um, you know, getting IEP supports in place. Um, and I've had former clients call me all the time and be like, oh, my God, it's a different child, you know, because we got the right supports or the right placement. Yeah. And it, it does. It impacts everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, you know, it's interesting because I hear what you're saying that you're, you don't replace an IEP, but you add the extra supports. Right. 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 Yeah. The IEP is there and there will be support. If they have an IEP, then the supports will be in place at school to help provide that, provide that support. But then our role is that we also come in where it's like, there's still, they still need more intensive support here. There's still things that there are gaps that just can't get filled in during that time. And we're going to come in and do that and something, and it just, something's just not quite the same as that one-on-one. -on -one. And I think we just see so much growth in these kids um, from where they start and where, where they end up. Yeah. And that's, I've, I, we do strategy sessions instead of consultations um, mm -hmm. because it's the family gets to come talk to an attorney. Um, they're always with our attorneys now um, for an hour and, and strategize. And there's definitely been times that I've told my clients or potential clients that I can get you a perfect IEP, but right. where your child is and what your child needs, you need an educational therapist or right. you need an executive functioning coach. Right. Like, you know, I'm a parent too. Resources are not unlimited. And, you know, in reality, what your child needs is to fill the gaps mm -hmm. and the schools mm -hmm. just, they can't. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's, it is, it's, it's too much. And I think that's when parents really start coming towards us. They've tried everything and it's like, they just know that it's just not enough. So, yeah. No, and that's, it's so important because it's, you know, um, it's our kids, you right. know, and it just, it's frustrating because we want to trust the school system. We want to make sure, you know, the school is doing, but schools are overloaded. Right. You know, and they yeah. can, you know, and yes, they're supposed to implement the IEPs and they're supposed to do, but it's not the one-on-one -on -one and it's not, mm -hmm. they can't go back. Like if your child is struggling with basic multiplication facts yeah. and they're in middle school now, right? they're not going to go back and teach the basic multiplication facts yeah. because yeah. if you were even to put that in an IEP, then you're pulling the child out and they're missing the new content. Exactly. And which just messes everything, you know, just you keep right. falling back in different ways. Mm -hmm. um, so bringing you in, um, that's awesome. And I love it. So you said you bring in like other professionals. Do they mm -hmm. work in the same company or do you have a network? How does that work? So we have a network, um, definitely where we, um, there's other professionals in the area or even across the U.S. where there's speech therapists, occupational therapists, and sometimes um, families already have them. And our role is to really work with them and be like, okay, 
well, what is it that you guys are working on? How can we help you so that it's kind of a, a seamless process that we're all kind of working on things? Um, for example, um, you know, we've had kids where they're getting OT and they're getting help on handwriting. And that might be something we can also kind of extend out during our work with, with the child, right? Um, and, and sometimes it's just that communication piece of like, is um is this is this child ready to graduate out of the service have they made enough progress and then what's the next step right there's always we want to always be working towards more and more progress right yeah. that's great and um that you have the network because that's yeah. you know again like that's part of the reason of the show is get people out there and and right. let, let families know yeah. um because i still have clients you know or people that call and they're like wait like you do that for a living? Yeah, you know? <laughs> that is so true. I get that all the time. They're like, you, you're a what? And and it's always so funny because I'm like, okay, well, I, I need to explain what this is. And yeah, most of the time people don't know what an educational therapist is until they have their own child go see maybe a neuropsych or go through, see a pediatrician. Um, but yeah, so there's definitely still more educating to be done on, on what it is and what our role is. Right. And that's if the psychologist and or pediatrician recommend an educational yeah, therapist because exactly. they don't always, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's so important because it's just, there's so many resources out there for our families right. that, um, that they don't know. And I know, you know, especially families that it's new to them. I mean, new parenting to begin with, we're all overwhelmed, and then if you get a diagnosis or, you know, you notice your child's yeah. behind, like now, where do I go? What do I do? Right. And there's so much, um, just coming to terms with what that means. I think for parents, like what, what, do, what does this mean? And, and, and kind of coping with what that means and that, and, and that it's not the end that there's, there's so much there that we could put in place and you, things will, will work out great, you know, as long as those supports are there. And I, I want to go back to, I think you said um, about teaching the child mm-hmm. about things. And I know, um, you know, when my daughter's getting assessed, she's like, why do I have to do this? And I'm like, we're just going to figure out how your brain works because everybody's yeah. brain works differently. Yeah. So now she's excited to do it and fine <laughs> because you know, it's, it's not, uh, you're behind, you're this, you're this. It's a, let's see how your brain works so we can, you know, figure out how to meet your needs better. Yes. And so I know you said you read, um, evaluations, but what if a family, like they know something's up, their kid might be in private school or homeschooled or Mm -hmm. just something's going on that they need help. What, like, what are, what are the signs they're looking at that, to know like, oh, I need to call an educational therapist right now. Yeah, absolutely. There's lots of um, different things you can look at depending on, you know, what academically, but um, we've had kids, families come in where it's like, you know what, they're just not picking up their um, word, letter recognition, letter sound recognition. They're not able to identify um, the sounds that go with the letters from an early age starting there. Um, some kids will um, read something and they will not have any idea what they just read. Um, other kids, you'll still see the fine motor issues where the handwriting is like really struggling and there you could tell their hands are getting tired. Um, spelling is a huge one. It's kind of 
um, I know people say it's a window into kind of their, lear their learning and their reading, right? Um, if they're making a lot of errors with their spelling, that's an indication that there might be going on something with, with their um, reading abilities. And then as kids get older, the, there is a lot of kids we see where they're able to have these great compensation skills and get through for a really long time. Yep. And middle school will hit. And we will get so many kids coming in and they're like, we don't know what to do. And that's when you see the executive function issues of being able to initiate tasks and tasks and break things down. Um, and even for some kids, just a lot of writing too. Like, I don't know how to start this writing assignment. So there's a lot of things you can kind of look for. And especially um, if it's, it's to, you're not seeing them making that same level of progress and it's been going on. Um, early intervention is so important. Um, yep. The sooner we get that help, the better. Yeah, I hate, you know, schools will be like, well, let's wait and see. Let's yeah. wait a couple of weeks. I'm like, exactly. no, let's not. <laughs> you know? I think there's this old mentality of like, let's, let's um, give them time. It'll work itself out. And it's like, no, we want to, we want to solve these issues now before it starts to snowball and turn right. into something more. And then it turns into the self-confidence level. Yeah. Like I know you talked about the spelling and I have, there's an article out there, um, about my story, like I was a bad speller. Yeah. And I, you know, I read slower, my comprehension was low and I didn't think I was smart because of it. Right. You know, I didn't think I was smart enough to go to law school. Right. You know, and so I went a different yeah. career. And so that's yeah. a lot of the reason of how, why I do what I do, because I don't want yes. other children to feel that way. It's like, you know what, so what, you're a bad speller. Okay. And yeah. that doesn't mean you're not smart. But that's how our society puts it. Like if you're not, mm -hmm. you know, reading, writing, math. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So. And you hit on such a good point there. It's that confidence piece too, right? Um, the academics are so important, yes. But really working on these kids to build back their self-esteem is, is so crucial because I find if we spend enough time on building back their confidence and understanding their learning and having really honest conversations about this, um, kids are more willing to engage then and they're more and we find that they're able to make so much more progress because they are just more open to the idea of getting this kind of help and i see i you know i i see that kids when they understand it and know why they need the help and stuff it takes the the negative stigma mm -hmm. out of it you know like the, mm -hmm. the oh special yes you know like it used to be right it's like, yeah i am so i need help yeah, and exactly yeah. Um, making it not, not the, the, not, don't talk about it. Right. Phase. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, so if, so when a family comes to you, if there aren't assessments, like what's the process, what, what happens first? Yeah. So in my practice, what we do is I always do um, a, just a free initial consultation. And that's a great way to observe the student to kind of see like, well, what are their attention levels? What um, is there something? Am I noticing something in their um, um, writing and in the way they read? Right. And and then taking that into context with what um, the parents have told me when we've discussed their learning. Uh, and, and then I get a better picture of like, OK, I think this is kind of where we need to start digging in and where we need to look. And so when when families start with us, we always do um, some inf informal assessments. But um, the more we work with kids and dig in, we're able to really kind of pinpoint those areas and say, ah, we're seeing that these are kind of the target areas we need to start with. And we want to really focus in on those. And then we're always coming back and reevaluating and saying, OK, we've seen progress. What's the next step? Right. 
so that's that's kind of how the process works um, um, within a therapy. So it's it's individualized. It's not yes. because there's all these like tutoring places out there, which I'm not knocking at all because yeah. I've heard great things like Kumon, yeah. I think is the biggest yeah. one right now. Yeah. Um, but they have like specific programs. It's not as individualized yeah. from what I understand. Yeah. So like Kumon, all those uh, um, programs have their place, right? They're, they benefit students in their, their own ways. But I think that what Ed Therapy does is very individualized. It's really focused on that specific child and what they are, what they're needing. And um, we draw from, you know, evidence-based curriculums that work for kids who have learning um, differences. Um, and, and, and we really try to go in and, and look at the whole child and what they need. And I so I and I just realized I didn't go into you a lot. Like, how did you get into it? Like, what's your story? What's your backstory? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I started um, in special education. I actually I was a um, reading specialist. I worked with with kids one on one, and then I also became a, a special education teacher, a resource teacher. I worked in public schools for over ten years. I worked in private independent schools, and I loved I loved my time with the kids. I did. But I did realize that the system felt broken and I went in because I realized my the part I loved was working with the kids. I loved seeing the progress. I loved going in and analyzing what do we need to do here to make improvements, right? But I wasn't always able to do that because you are, these districts are so impacted and you're pulled in so many directions. And so I kind of, after I had my kids, I started kind of doing this working with kids and I discovered at therapy and I'm like, oh my God, I'm this is what I'm doing. I'm, I, I want to be an educational therapist. And um, ever since then, I've been working on it on my own. And then when we were out here, we just, it was just me. And now there's, you know, about eight of us. And it's just, there's such a huge need for this. And it's been, it's been, it's been wild. It's been great. Yeah, no, and I've, I've seen the growth also of the yeah. therapy. I think I've had a couple on my show, uh, yeah. but it's, you know, it's what I love about it is that even though I have like the same profession, all of you have different stories and different, right. you know, um, yeah. areas of specialty. Like, is there a specific um, disability or type of child that you work with? Or I know probably <laughs> general, but like, is there one like, this is my, this is, this is it. This is my jam. Yeah. Yeah, so it really depends. Like some educational therapists have more of a broad scope and they kind of work with kids with varying disabilities, differences, learning differences and needs. And there's others who really focus in on areas where they might be math specialists or um, focus primarily on dyslexia. Um, in our practice, we have uh, it varies. Like we have people who are writing, who really focus on writing, some who focus on dyslexia, others are executive function coaches on the team. Um, for me personally, I uh, had kind of a, a little broader of a range. I went from um, elementary all the way to even high school, but I focused a lot on reading and writing as well as executive function skills. So that's kind of really been my wheelhouse where I, I really love to work. Um, I would say my my favorite is I, I love working with those middle school ages. So that's kind of been my jam. Really? <laughs> yes. I know. I, Everyone's like, really? I've, I've taught elementary school, middle school, and high school. And the other day, I'm trying to remember what we were talking. We were talking about something, and I made the comment of, I would clean bathrooms before I'd go back into middle school. <laughs> And I don't clean like anybody that knows me. Oh my you know? gosh. And it's just like, but you know, it's great 
yeah. that's what you love. You know what I mean? Because it's, yeah. if not the, the whole, that whole little middle school era is going to fall yeah. apart. I think um, I just love it because they're getting into their personalities. There's a little bit of sarcasm developing. There's like, you know, they have like really strong opinions and, but it isn't for the fainthearted. Not everybody <laughs> wants to work with that age range. And I, right. and I get it. Yeah. yeah. And it's probably different. You're one-on-one. It's not the whole yeah. Yeah, you know, exactly. although the hormones and the emotions yeah. are, but there is definitely, yeah, more layers of of those kinds of things that come into play at that age for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, so uh, you were talking about your team. Mm-hmm. So when if somebody comes to you and um, are they with one? therapist or do they kind of work with the whole team? What does that look like? Yeah, that's a great question. So for for our particular practice, there is, um, you basically have a case manager who who is with you for that year, for the school calendar year. And we try to really make sure that that stays the case, right? Um, Because they're going to, they're going to know you best and they're going to really be able to kind of like see what it is that you need and get to know you, right? And you build that relationship that those kids need. Um, However, we do have kids where it's kind of like, oh, wow, you you did so good. You made so much progress. But then maybe this other issue arises where it's like, oh, now they're working on writing and they're really struggling with that. And they might be like, oh, well, there's someone else on the team who could actually be a really great fit for that. And so, you know, and then we have families where, you know, they are ready to graduate and go out on their own and they might come back years later, you know, for whatever different reason. So that's that's how it works. We really try to um, maintain, um, you know, one relationship um, throughout the school year, though. That's great, because that's because I was thinking like, oh, going to bounce around with therapists and now you got to totally meet it. Exactly. Somebody new. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but I, so I like that having the case manager because right. it just, it brings it all together. It does. It does. You know, looking at the whole child. Yeah. That consistency piece is, is so important for, for, yeah. for the prop for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And then the question that we get all of the time since COVID is virtual. Mm-hmm. Does it work? Can you do what you do virtually? That is a great question. It's a yes and a no, Um, but I would say yes. Um, The thing with virtual learning is after the pandemic, it was, you know, it was crazy. There were 30 kids. It was online. They didn't have the platforms. School districts didn't have the resources. So I think it's created a lot of stigma where I have a lot of parents who will come and say, no, virtual learning just does not work for my child. And I'm like, okay, let's see if that's really the case, right? Because because of the pandemic, though, a lot of positives have come out. There is um, so much materials and online resources and curriculums that are designed for kids with learning differences that have been created virtually, right? So um, there's all these games, interactive um, videos, things that can kind of pull it all together. So for me, I always say have an initial consultation with me, and that's a chance for me to observe to see if is this a good fit virtually for a student. And we found in a lot of cases it can be because it's targeted, it's individualized, it's um, there's always a level of predictability because it's they're sequenced um, and and it building on each other each lesson. So the kids feel much more engaged and, and comfortable. And so I think it can actually be a really great fit for a lot of kids. Um, but again, you know, it really depends. And you know, we also also take into account what their attentional levels are, right? Are they able to kind of um, sit 
for that time period and 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 can we make it engaging enough where they can so it can definitely work for a lot of kids and i i think you know as the parent like um virtual the what i love about virtual is i don't have to drive all over the place yeah you know yeah. it's like oh i gotta it's get in the car and drive so you know, many activities so much going on and you know the other great thing too is there are so many parts of just around the U.S. where like families don't have access to a therapist. They don't have access to these resources, depending on where they're at. And uh, this virtual platform has opened it up to so many families where they wouldn't be able to get this kind of help. And now they're able to get that kind of help. Yep. And that's why um, the, our law firm is expanding nationwide yes. because, you know, you I don't have it. to be an attorney to be an advocate. Right. Um, and we, you know, I have the education background. So does my associate uh, and we're special ed teachers. So we have that advocacy piece because yeah. we always get that. And so, um, yeah, there are so many parts of the country that that know even less, have even less. Yes. You know, smaller yeah. areas. Right. Um, Right. So I can see that that how helpful that is mm -hmm. um, Do you do in person if people want in person. Yes, we do have a um, location um, um, here in the Bay Area. So we're in person and we also, like I said, work virtually with kids as well. But yeah, so then, no, go ahead. I was to say with educational therapy, is there like licensing? licensing? Yes. So um, so the Association of Educational Therapists, um, we go, um, you can get licensed through them. And that's a great website to check out, aetonline.org. And they have, um, uh, we I had to go through a practicum, I had a mentorship. Um, there is a whole certification process for people to get certified. Um, so it is, it is a really fantastic program if you're looking to get into this. So, but you're licensed in general. It's not state specific. No, I'm licensed in general. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. That's nice. Cause I know there's a lot. And with COVID, there was a lot with, yeah. um, with the virtual, like, yeah. you know, we can't practice in other states, but is it considering practicing in another state if we're here and there, you yeah. know, and all of yeah. that. Yeah. And the same thing happens with teaching credentials, which yep. makes it so hard. Cause it's like, here's a really qualified teacher, but then it's like, but you got licensed in California and yeah, but um, with, with ed therapy that it's, it's not state specific. No. Got it. So, and then it's focuses on any curriculum. Yeah. Um, this has been so awesome. And like, like I said, like learning from different people so yes. much, um, so many different areas and so many different ways that they can work. Um, exactly. And I know, so you said you have the team, so people would come and they would get a case manager Mm -hmm. um, and then the team, and then if needed, you bring in outside. Yes. Yeah. Right. So we have, we work one, uh, I would determine what the kind of plan is for the student and I would determine who's going to be the best fit on the team and they would have that case manager. And then we would again do regular check-ins. Um, we would be collaborating with any outside staff. And if we saw other things come up along the way where it's like, oh, I think we need to really address this. We would work with the families to kind of bring in other people from within our network to help put those supports in place. And I'm assuming you work with the schools as well. Yeah, we really do try to collaborate with the schools. We really want to try to build a positive environment where we can kind of, you know, be like, okay, and that's part of it. The schools are impacted. And our role is to be like, hey, remember, he needs this. If we these this is these are his accommodations. Can we make sure that these are be, being put in place, right? And we found that there are a lot of districts who are really willing to work with us, which is fantastic. And unfortunately, there are some cases where you know, what 
what should be put in place isn't being put in place. Um, so, but we really just, and that's where I come in. <laughs> yes. And that's where you come in. And, and, and that's the thing. It's just so great to have people like you advocating for these families, um, who really don't know where to go. Yeah, no. And that's, I mean, that's part of the show and my YouTube channel. I have over a hundred videos, um, <laughs> that yeah, to educate. And that's the whole point. Um, and I love that you say it's not, it's focused on the child, yes. but the whole child, including relationships in the whole family. Right. Right. It's so important. Yeah. This has been so awesome. This has yeah. been so great. Thank you so I much. So, it. How can people get in touch with you? Yes. So please, that would be great. Um, my website is www.learningtreecoach.com. Um, there is a contact form on there you can fill out. You can also email me at deepa at learningtreecoach.com. And like I said, we work virtually with kids all across the United States. We also um, have um, in the Bay Area um, in-person services. And, um, and again, like I said, I'm always willing to be there to help families and put them in contact with the right resources if they need some guidance. Got it. And all of the um, links will be in the show notes below. And then um, I think you had somebody you wanted to give a shout out to. Oh, yes. Um, oh, I almost forgot about that. But Lindsay Tettenbaum, and she is at Spirited Play in San Ramon, um, an excellent um, uh, resource that you guys can reach out to. And she does um she works with the younger ones on um, child uh, play therapy, and um, she's a great resource here as well for a lot of families and just in general. Great. Thank you so much. I have not had a play therapist on yet, so I'm definitely going to be reaching out to her. To yes, she- absolutely. So thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Thank you. This was great. Just being able to talk to someone else um, in the field and just talk about how we're, we're working and trying to help these families out. You've been listening to Stress-Free IEP with your host, Francis Schefter. Remember, you do not need to do it all alone. You can reach Francis through schefterlaw.com, where prior episodes are also posted. Thank you for your positive reviews, comments, and sharing the show with others through YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more.